Welcome to Healing with Ketamine. I'm your host, Dr. Cassius Drake, and we welcome you back to our podcast where we discuss healing and transformation, spiritual growth and personal transformation, and everything that it takes to be a happy, whole, and complete human being. We have a special show for you today. We have with us a special guest uh, uh, calling in from California today uh, who brings uh, his experience and passion for for personal transformation, uh, for growth, uh, and for inspiring people to reach uh, new heights of endeavors. And we're excited to have uh, Dr. Antonio Harrison with us today. And uh, so Jacqueline, I know that you and Dr. Harrison uh, have done a lot of work on mindfulness and personal transformation. Um, and uh, why don't you introduce uh, Dr. Harrison to our audience? And well, I'd uh, love to introduce him. Um, well, first of all, welcome everyone to our podcast show um, where we do talk about healing and transformation. And it's real. It's happening right around us. And there, our guest today is, he he's in it. He's changing lives left and right. And I've seen it. And it's absolutely incredible, the work that he's doing. And it's a beautiful combination of kind of what we do as well with uh, mindset and mindfulness and meditation. And and then there's a little bit of fitness in there, too. Um, so um, that is actually how I met Dr. Harrison. And um, we have become pretty good close friends because of all the different cool things that we're really into. And it's a lot of cutting edge cool stuff. So without further ado, um, welcome, Dr. Harrison. And I will say most of our viewers will probably recognize you as Coach Doc. In other realities, you are known as Coach Doc. And I can't tell you how much you have helped me in the last four years with my own personal transformation. I know I've shared that with you before on your own podcast show. And we'll put all your links together so people can follow you as well. Um, but you are truly an inspiration and changing lives left and right just with your powerful words and all the inspiration that you bring with that. It's incredible. You have helped me through some really interesting and very tough times in my life. And I, you and I have talked about that in the past and I cannot be, I'm forever grateful for that. And I am more than excited for the world to see more of you and on this show. So well, welcome my friend. And I'm glad because it's cold here. So you're probably bringing some sunshine with you. <laughs> Well, thank it you is both cold for, here in Michigan, let me tell you. So, well, thank you both for having me. Um, it's an honor. And as soon as I had the opportunity, I said, "Of course, I'll hop on and uh, would love to have a conversation." You guys are doing great things over there, and to be a part of it, I'm honored and grateful. So, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So, uh, so uh, Antonio, I know you you bring your your background uh, in behavioral science. You have a a PhD in behavioral science, and I know that you're also uh, a coach and a, a high school football coach, uh, as well as a husband and a dad, uh, and as well as a uh, speaker. Um, so, you know, we like to talk about uh, the uh, our work is all about change and growth and transformation. Um, and I know you bring a special passion for for mindfulness and and meditative work, and we'd love to hear. Uh, your take on how you found those techniques and and uh, tell us a little bit about how you've used that in your life for your own personal personal growth. Uh, you know, actually, it was never anything I was raised with or um, practiced or knew anything about. It, it happened just by circumstance. You know, I was an athlete all my life 
and I got the opportunity to play college football for your starter. I just thought sports was going to be it forever. Um, and then my senior year, I had a really unfortunate knee injury, casted hip to toe nine months, took a year and a half to walk again, two years to fully run. Uh, and playing sports from the age of four all the way to 21, my identity was so tied into being an athlete, I didn't know myself outside of that. So when it was stripped away, here I am 21 years old trying to now answer the question, who am I without sports? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to, you know, there was a, a brief time during that recovery and physical therapy where it wasn't the greatest for me mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, but once I got over that hump, I was like, I got to figure this thing out. Life's going to keep happening. Yeah. Uh, it's when I started, well, I want to check out this meditation technique. I'm going to read these things. I'm, I'm going back to school and I just started to kind of curate my own experience and realize I didn't need to follow anyone's blueprints, but I could take those blueprints as a, as a jumping off point and go, you know, I like this piece, not so much this. I really enjoy this. Um, I'm going to add this. I'll leave this out and just kind of curate my own experience that allowed me to connect to myself um, and then better connect to people around me. Oh, beautiful. Um, you know, I often find that people have interesting stories on how, they find their way to mindfulness and you know personal transformation. You know, often something happens. You had an injury, um, and then there's often a moment in which you say, "I need to do something." Yeah. You know. You know what was that like for you when you you said, "This isn't working. I need to I need to do something different." And, and, and I'm curious how mindfulness found its way to you. I would say it actually found its way through the physical. Um, when I was finally able to just simply move. I was a full-time second grade teacher. I was working three nights a week graveyard shift as a front desk clerk at 24-Hour Fitness, and I was a bouncer at a club on the weekends. And it wasn't, you know, the money was nice and I needed it to live in the state of California to have (laughs) jobs. Um, But I just didn't know what to do with myself. And my body physically burnt out. I mean, you can just imagine that schedule. and that, and that burnout there is where I really said, all right, I'm going back to school. I always enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to, I got a, a, a phone call from a former coach who was like, you know, we could use some help. And now that you're back in town and things just started to kind of unfold. Uh, and so, yeah. And then you started, and then, and that's when you, you found, uh, decided I need to, to start getting, making some changes here and, and, uh, and uh, found your way back. You know, and the, well, the interesting thing, too, was as I started to make those changes and take a look at myself, I realized a lot of um, a lot of it had already a lot of that work had already been done because of the way in which I grew up. Right. Uh, I look back and realize there was a lot of time I had to spend just with me and getting to know me and taking care of me. So there was a connection to self that a lot of people don't really have. And and are searching for, I already had it. I just didn't have a connection to things beyond or outside of me. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that, that, that connection to something higher than you. Cause that's, we find, you know, that finding that connection to that something else um, is, you know, based the heart and soul of, uh, of our work at the Drake center. And certainly when I work uh, with, uh, with the transformative potential of, of psychedelics and ketamine, uh, of opening that transformative space. Uh, but we also say that uh, uh, there are other doors uh, to transformative spaces. 
Um, so, you know, how did, uh, you know, once you started changing how you thought, how did you find that that showed up in your life? What did that open up for you? Well, it, the, talking about the way of the butterfly, the one of the most interesting ways in which it showed up was um, after my wife and I found out we were, you know, uh, expecting and we were going to have our first kid, we ended up moving into one home and then quickly into another. <coughs> Excuse me. In this neighborhood, there is it, it's unincorporated, this one strip of streets um, and all the way down south, like 10 blocks. Incorporated on the edge of it is a city named Arcadia, where their city bird is a peacock and they have an arboretum. And so the peacocks are allowed to roam the city freely. Um, oh. Can't feed them, can't touch them, can't shoo them out of your yard. So you would literally come home and there would be 30 peacocks in your front yard. But on my back porch, where I started to, some would say prayer, some would say, uh, I call it a conversation with one, where I would sit out front in the morning with my coffee and just talk out loud. Across the yard in this huge tree would always be this one peacock that would sit there. And I found myself having a conversation and then found myself looking for the peacock more often and then finding the pattern of the peacock wasn't wasn't there when I was on point and following the right path, the peacock would show up when I knew I was falling off and going uh, in the direction. Ah, interesting. Oh, I love that. I love that too. I love that. That's so, that's so beautiful. Um, I, and that's, you know, and, and thank you for, you know, for mentioning, you know, the, the way of the butterfly, our, our, you know, our healing paradigm of, 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 you know, guiding transformative change through all those stages. And one of those stages that we talk about within that way of the butterfly is the mystery. You know, yeah. Is that, is that, you know, there's, you know, yes. you can, you can say I'm practicing mindfulness and people sort of have an idea of what that means and, and kind of what it, what it looks like on the outside, but it's, you know, it's part of it is still just a mystery. It's like that, that mystery of what well, is a peacock and, and I see that connection. Um, and I see that it shows up when I'm in alignment and I see that it's not there when I'm not in alignment. And how do you explain that? Well, it's a mystery. Right. Uh, and, yet, and yet it's real. And, you know, in, in our paradigm, we wholeheartedly embrace that, however it shows up. Um, uh, so that's really wonderful. Um, so in your work with uh, with other people and, and, and as a coach, um, what what do you what do you find is the most helpful for uh uh, for your, your your students and your and your listeners, what's your your favorite tidbit of wisdom to give to them? Uh, well, one of the things I love to do is just hold a mirror up for them um, and ask questions that they should be asking themselves and allow them to answer. What I find is a lot of people that I work with, one of the base fundamental things going on is no one's had a chance to listen to them or they haven't had an opportunity or the desire to share or maybe they're too nervous to about what's going on with them and because we live in a world that's so go 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 all the time they've never just stopped for a second just stopped and stayed still um the idea of meditating the idea of going inward all seems to like too much past it feels overwhelming yet what's going on in their day to day is overwhelming as well, which is yeah. what brought them to me um, in the circumstance. So that, that's one of the things I see most often is uh, people haven't taken a second to just slow down 
mm. for a minute. You can yeah. you can get back to get going, yeah. but just take a second. Just yeah. sit here. Yeah. That that power of being present. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it changes everything. You know, and that's uh, <laughs> I, I love that that you that that's the thing you love to teach because that's we find that uh, it, in in our work with uh, with the ketamine, often the first thing that people get is being present. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they, they come to us with a bunch of things, um, and you know, and often in that first experience, and they're finally like, "Oh, this is now." Yeah, and yeah. you know, and and they're finally not in that place of thinking about whatever it is that thing that's been overwhelming their mind for forever, um, and they get to just be present, um, and that, and that how a powerful transformative state that is. Um, so, uh, tell us more about that. I mean, how how is that? Uh, how do you use that in your daily life? How do you advise people to use this in your daily life? Um, I guess the first part I'll say about that is people have to understand that it's a practice. Yeah. You, you have to practice it. Yeah. Even if you've practiced it for years, there are still moments where your mind's wandering, you're not present in the moment, you're thinking about the past, you're thinking about the tasks you have to do, someone's upset you, you're not, you know, pulling yourself back a little bit. Um, and so that's the first thing. The other thing I'll say is when it comes to myself is I'm one of my, I won't call it a gift because it can be a curse too, uh, but one of my greatest skills is pattern recognition. Mm -hmm. okay, just observe patterns of people and things and places and especially patterns within myself. And I used to be a night owl, hence the graveyard shift and the bouncer. Uh, but with three boys, there's no way. Right? You gotta get them up in the morning, get dressed, you got breakfast, off to school. And I found that if part of my practice is waking up two hours before everyone, which I had to train myself to do, mm -hmm. so that I could have that time for me. Now, sometimes it's regimen with meditation and a little workout and my, uh, but I always have my coffee and had conversation with one outside. And sometimes it's just the coffee and conversation and I just kind of hang out for two hours. But then it allows me to ease myself into the day mm. and get the kids up and get moving as opposed to that alarm goes off. I'm in the mix. We're running around and I've never got to settle in to me. A day. Contacted other people. Wow. Yeah. I, lo I love that. Show up more when you do that. Say that again. The peacocks show up more when you do it that way in the morning. <laughs> well, no, the, peacock, the peacock's the reverse. The peacock shows up when I'm not doing my thing. So oh, your wow. That's, your, that's your an mind. interesting visual, right? You know, you're paying too much attention to yourself like a peacock mm -hmm. at the moment. Oh, that's interesting. I, yeah, I didn't even put that together. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's, it. I love how, you know, when, uh, you know, signs and those things show up in, in that way that are so meaningful and that, and that, you know, that unique way just for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, that message is just for you. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. So in, in your work with people, um, in your experience, what, what makes the, what's the, what makes a successful personal transformation? What are the characteristics that they help somebody do this successfully? One of the interesting things, and I think it's one of the biggest things uh, that makes for a successful transformation that it's hard for people to deal with, honestly, in the beginning is mm -hmm. a lot of the the things of familiarity are no longer present. Mm -hmm. 
they have to be let go. Um, there are things that could be old habits, could be people who are um, not beneficial or serving your greater purpose or highest self in your life. It could be uh, the home that you live in, the things that are around you. Um, and so when you start to see not someone who's completely uprooting their life and just dropping and falling off the grid, but what I, what I mean is the things that made you comfortable before uh, that you sat in that comfort now have this feeling of discomfort because it feels like a stain on your rising. Mm. Um, and as they start to get rid of those things, you know, it, it's a concept of you can't let anything new come in until you let something go. You can't just keep piling on things. You have to let certain things go in order for other things to come in. And when I start to see people, I, I guess the, I don't want to use the word surrender, but maybe surrender is a proper word to uh, allowing what is being provided for them. Mm. It's just a different energy in which they move. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about surrender a lot. Um, yeah, I, I love that word. Um, you know, and when we talk about our uh, the way of the butterfly paradigm and that that, that journey, the caterpillar to the, the butterfly, there's that moment when it has to go into chrysalis and just let go, right? It just has to enter it and surrender to a to the process and allow that process to change them. Um, I, I love how you talk about how people have these lingering things; they start to change, and then they have these you know stains on their on their consciousness. Because, um, you know, we, we talk, you know, as people go through, you know, this process of transformation, often they begin with, I know I'm not who I want to be. I want to be different. And they kind of start there. And then they, they get into the process and then they begin to change and they heal things and, and, and things start to resolve. And then there's a point at which you have to say, well, who am I now? Yeah. You know, who, who am I if I'm not broken? You know, and, and, you know, who am I if I am a butterfly and no longer a caterpillar? Uh, it was, as, we, as we tell people when they get process, you know, the caterpillar starts, it knows it's not going to be that at the end. Yeah. It's going to be something different. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, surrendering to that is, is really a big part of it. Well, and here's a, a cool way that I practice surrendering. Um, and Jacqueline's actually an example. Um, mm. There would be times when I want something and I'll say, I'm going to let this person create the way in which they create. And so I remember reaching out and saying like, hey, would you do a painting for me? I want my inner warrior painted. But like, <laughs> ask any questions you want and I want you to go at it. And she sent back something amazing. Um, and just to surrender to, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to show up. She's asked questions and I've given some answers. And is this also going to interpret how I feel about myself and who I am in a way that's going to make me feel good or feel strong? Or um, So it seems like a small thing, but you'd be surprised how much it sits on your brain while you're waiting for her. Yeah, I would like to add in about the painting because um, it was an incredible piece um, and we can show some of that as well. Um, but Antonio had asked me to paint out his inner warrior and really what that looked like. And a person that does practice a lot with meditation and mindfulness, for me, it is about the practice, right? How do we build up this inner strength that we need 
when we need it, right? So it's one thing to be practicing, but to be able to use it in those times of maybe a little bit of anxiety coming in or a little sadness coming in. So to be able to use these practices to have them, then right as you're ready when you need them, it's like, it doesn't hurt so hard, you know, when things start to come and hit you. So the inner warrior was a, it's an incredible piece. I loved it, making it for you. Um, it's resin, it's its acrylics on canvas. It's really a cool piece. But in the painting itself is, well, it's, it's Coach Doc here meditating by a river over water. And it's basically him sitting in a pose of meditating. But in the reflection in the water is the warrior. Yes. And he's actually got his bats up and uh, or swords, whatever you want to call them, but um, in the actual reflection of the water. And the idea is that in the practice, you're becoming that inner warrior. And so there's there was a time lapse video in there involved as well. So you can actually see the process. Yeah. of this. And, um, It turned out really cool. And it was a really cool project to do for you. So I am very honored about that painting. Thank so, you. no, thank you. It was really cool to do. Um, on that theme of uh, the inner warrior, um, how's that journey been for you? Uh, is that something you've embodied from the beginning, something you've grown into, something you've transformed into? How's it's that something that resonated with me most. Um, you know, there's a Chinese proverb I love. I'd, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Oh, um, I love that. Okay. I... I physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, I prepare for anything and everything um, in hopes that I never have to use it and that I can keep myself restrained. Not to be cliche, but there's another one, which is uh, another quote, which is, um, you can only be peaceful if you're capable of great violence, because if you're not, you're simply harmless. Uh, like I choose. Um, so, and that comes from, again, a background of growing up where I had to find out where my meals were coming from. I had to take care of my little sister. I had to be aware of who in the room was an unsavory character, where the exit was, who's, who's the safety valve. Uh, playing sports, where you play football, a full contact, you know, sport, um, where I physically have to dominate you so that you don't do that to me. But in that, knowing I have that capability and that strength physically, it, it allowed me to have a confidence emotionally and psychologically that could transfer and generalize to other things. And then knowing that that's always there within me, that some would say lion, I like the gorilla, silverback. Um, that gorilla is within me, but it's at calm and at peace. Mm -hmm. Just don't wake it. Um, but if you do, I have a choice of how that thing responds. And I know that can sound a certain way to people, but it allows me to maneuver through the world without fear mm -hmm. of others or fear of circumstances or fear of anything, because there's nothing really that bad that from what I've gone through in my life, there's if I could have gone through that as a child, there's nothing else. I don't see anything else I can't handle. Um, and that's just a, a strength I feel from within that allows me to maneuver the way I do. Ah, love that. That's wonderful. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we, it's incredible. that's an incredible story. You know, there's people who come from backgrounds like that and don't find that safety yeah. that, that you have found. 
What do you have to say to them, people who come from challenging backgrounds where they had to be the protector and still need looking for that sense of being protected or, or cared for? I think one of the hardest things to realize for folks who've had troubling upbringings or backgrounds is you're not alone. Like your experience is unique to you, but there are so many people who have gone through something similar, if not the same, or even something different, but had the same emotional response. Um, but you can feel very alone. Um, and, and I recognize quickly, which which was a, a, a key for me was relationships. Like I put all of my currency in relationships. So when I look back to growing up, it was me and my little sister. Like, uh, and though she, I was the protector for her, her love was the protection for me. When I got into middle school, it was me and my two best buddies that I still know to, to this day that I, I was at their house, they were at my house. There was never a moment of, um, I have to go with this thing alone, even though sometimes I felt alone. I always knew that that relationship with this person who I believe truly loved me for me, um, that allowed me to, to have that security. So I, I feel a lot of people who feel that or who go through that and don't come out the other side all the way, a huge part of that is recognizing you're not by yourself and that you need to be able to have a connection with someone and find that if you don't already have it or recognize where it is amongst your current situation. Yeah, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. So that, and that's uh, finding that that connection is uh, we find when, when when people land in a place of connection with something inside themselves that gives them a sense of safety, whether it's the love from another person or or, or a love from a divine source. They yeah, that is. Uh, transformative. Um, thank you so much. I really love where this conversation is going. Um, one thing I wanted to, you know, to shift gears a, a little bit, um, you know, when you, when you get to the point, you've done some growth, you've done some healing, you feel like you've grown and some changed. And then you reach a point where you feel like, you know what, I think I have something to say. And, and I would like to share my insights and that could be really really challenging right you know when you know there could be a lot of uh imposter syndrome you know who who am i to to speak my truth how do you handle that if you struggle with that at all uh you struggle through it i remember one of the first things i started to do was uh my my current podcast is called doc's daily dose it used to be doc's daily dose for dads and oh. i i thought i had something to share with fathers um and that was really hard because I was like, who am I to tell anyone how to raise their kids? Uh, who am I to tell dads how to be fathers or men or masculine in any kind of way? Um, and I, I left that podcast and I validated the excuse by, well, everyone who's listening to me are all moms because moms tend to buy 80% of the parenting books and everything else. So I'm not really serving the group of individuals I wanted to. Um, and, you know, so I just kept having to find little things and variations to find my true voice, which I'm still working on. Um, but there are still moments of, is this, 
Do I look at it as I'm an imposter or I'm wearing a mask in certain situations? Or do I look at it as my superpower and the ability to be chameleon-like from the barbecue to the boardroom? Mm, right? um, like is that something that I have that other people don't that is actually beneficial to me because it allows me to be here or be in a boardroom or turn around and go to a barbecue with my friends from the neighborhood and you get a not a different uh, me, but a different side of me, that's for sure, right? Um, and so just learning to accept who I was a little bit more. Uh, and I, I think the other part is doing your best to not have a perceived assumption that about what people think about you or the yeah. fact that they aren't even thinking about you because 99% of the time they're not thinking about you. Um, again, very difficult, but it's, it's where you have to go, that person could care less about me right now. I'm, this is all within me. Like I, that's all in my head. Well, I, I I love that people are able to hear your insights wherever. It's it's an incredible experience. Um, especially listening to you <laughs> all over the world, really. <laughs> um, and I say that just because it is kind of cool what you all the different areas that you have branched out to to share your message. It's been incredible to watch you do all this. You know, thank you. You know what's interesting is uh the latest. I guess, form of imposter syndrome is, you know, I'm, I got my oldest boy's 14. I just turned 40 and I know that that's not old per se, but I find myself in rooms now where I look around and I'm being looked to for answers as the old guy in the room. Uh, and it's just, it's been a, I mean, the last season I coached, um, I looked around and realized, oh, I, I have more playing and coaching experience combined than years you've been alive. Right? <laughs> and so it's this, well, do I speak from that? Do I now have to speak from a place of elder wisdom? Or can I, can I still be in the fold with the cool guys that know what's going on in the culture? Um, and just being comfortable with being like, all right, I, I, this is the slot that I fit in right now for these individuals. Well, I can guarantee you with boys, you're going to be in the cool culture no matter what, because oh, they're going to keep you in line with what's cool, dad, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> and they will clearly tell you and your wife what's not cool. For sure. And you get and, that uh, a lot. They don't listen to that wisdom either, that's for sure. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Ours no. are 19 and 15, so, um, you know, what do we know? Um, you know, that's, that's the, I love that. So um, this has been wonderful. So um, as we're starting to come to the end of our time here, I always like to ask people uh, who have engaged in, in processes of change or transformation of, you know, whenever you start something like that, you think you have an idea of how it's going to go. Um, and it usually doesn't look like that at all. Um, and so I'm curious what you found most surprising about transformative change and, and how it looks and how it arrived. I think what I found most surprising was I had to, I had to take the game clock off. Mm -hmm. Like I had to take the, the expectation that it has to happen at this certain time or I'm setting this intention that I'm going to be this thing by this year. Um, because what was most surprising to me is I would do these things and put all my heart and effort and creativity into them. 
and would do them for a year or two and then go, well, no one's paying attention. I need to do something different. And I would leave and go do something else. And all of those little things that I've done, people were paying attention. It, it just comes back to me five, six, seven years down the road. Um, I'll get phone calls from people going, I, I just got a, a call to be on a panel um, for a wellness company that's uh, their spokesperson is Dan, Dan Reno. And um, to be on this panel, and I, I go, well, where did you hear about, like, are you, do you do the virtual meditation stuff that I do? And like, oh, no, you made some meditation for a wellness site way back when, and they're now licensing them out, and we happen to stumble across it, and I heard one of yours, and I had to reach out to you. And that was almost 10 years ago. Wow. Right, So I'll get calls to do a talk about some of the research I've done in health, sports and fitness. And I published that in 2013. Right. So um, it was taking a time clock off of everything and going, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. I just need to be again present here in the moment and let it unfold how it unfolds. Oh, I love that. I love, I love it. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's a, that's a good place to yeah. <laughs> a full circle there um, of wow. just surrendering to the process and let it happen in, in its time frame. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah, that's a good final point. Awesome. Uh, Jacqueline, anything uh, um, you want to add? Or oh, I could, we could talk for hours. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, everything, uh, art, meditation, fitness, um, the whole thing, of course. Um, I just want to say I'm just incredibly grateful to know you. You are an incredible human and all the things that you're doing. I mean, the VR world, of course, is just crazy cool. But the stuff that you're doing, <laughs> IRL, as my kids would say, is really freaking cool, too. So Thank I'm you. excited for you to see what else you're going to do. And, um, you know, I, I don't have my guns out right now, but you're perhaps <laughs> the reason why I've got some <laughs> incredible definition. Um, you know, my own transformation was pretty profound. So you are a huge part of that. And I can't thank you enough for that. Thank I, you. Um, it's it's always surprising to me uh, when people share a sentiment of appreciation or gratitude. Um, just because I'm, it's, yeah. I was just doing what I thought, you know, just being me and, 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 with the intention of being kind and compassionate and helpful. So um, it's never done in uh, seeking out something like that. So it's always nice to get that. And oh, yeah. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to share. And I appreciate you guys for having me on. Well, I'm so grateful that you've came on. And uh, now all of our Michigan friends here will see you on our local television station here. So where uh, where in the mitt are, are, are you? So we're, we're, we're like, like Metro Detroit area. Um, okay. Yep. So kind of, uh, well, where's my Michigan? Right, right around here. <laughs> and, um, and so we're, uh, this station goes out to a lot of people. So, um, nice. and I have a feeling a lot of people are going to know who you are already, especially that follow us. Um, I, you know, it, the nature of our business is, you know, I, I do use a lot of virtual reality for um, therapies and also for art, of course, creating, but a lot of meditation. And so a lot of our patients have actually been introduced to you a long time ago. And, um, and of course, I highly encourage it to just stick with it. So um, 
And I think, you know, for me, when I came across all of that and, you know, my own transformation, it was finding people like you that were like-minded, that we were all on the same page of mind and body and really, you know, doing the work out there. And I remember like meeting you and just being like, oh my gosh, yes, this is, this is the area and space I need to be in because this is what I'm passionate about. And I have been. And to find people, and I would say all all across the world now, because we have friends from all over the world and we work out all over the world. Um, There is that, but, you know, to find people like that, like-minded and to find and form communities and stuff like that has just been profound in my life. So forever grateful for those friendships now and grateful. And so thank you so much for coming on. I know it's early out there, um, but thank you for bringing some sunshine and warmth to us here in Michigan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Harrison, uh, Antonio, thank you so very, very much for uh, joining us today and sharing your your insights and your wisdom and your passion um, for being who you are and living your passion and living your purpose. Uh, This is what we encourage people to do. And and I and I love your 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 grateful response to the universe responding positively when you live your purpose. When you say yes to who you are and surrender to that and you get over the imposter syndrome and you throw yourself out there and you do it and people get better and then they respond and they say thanks and you go, wow. Yeah. yeah. That, that really worked. And yeah. so, uh, you know, so you know, kudos to you uh, for living that out. And, uh, you know, we, we see that as we consider that true success when, when our clients and patients reach that moment of living their purpose and, and getting past that, that I can't do that. This is who I am. Yeah. Uh, and that's certainly uh, uh, a powerful message today. So, well, that's going to conclude our, our podcast for today. Um, as always, we're grateful to have this time. Thank you for, for listening. Uh, we hope that it has been an uh, inspiring and educational and helpful message for you. Uh, we look forward to meeting with you again next time on Healing Academy. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.